All right, guys, we are at the front end of a brand new series for the year, a series on unity, and we have been talking about how unity is something so very precious that we need to be willing to fight for it, okay? And last week, we talked about love, how love is the foundation of it all. Love is the structure by which unity is built on. Without love, you cannot have unity. Only with love are we able to have this oneness, like it says in Colossians, where it says, above all, clothe yourself with love, which binds us all together in perfect harmony. Okay? Love is, is the ingredient that fosters the unity in our midst. And we, we took some time to look at what love looks like, how it you know, defined in practical everyday life terms, and, and hopefully you were able to do your homework this week. Hopefully you were able to find three people in your life where you could ask them and say, listen, am I a loving person? Would you say I'm a loving person? And hopefully they were able to answer honestly. Uh, hopefully you then be able to ask, you know, are there some areas where you think I need to grow in my area of love? And, and hopefully they answered honestly. How many guys, answer honestly, did your homework? Three people? Man, that's bad percentages. I need to have some punishments for not doing homework or something. But uh, how many guys did the homework with your spouse and got in an argument over it? Okay. I had a few people tell me about that, so I'm glad I could be part of the disunity of your marriage. That's, that's super. Well, guys, this week, guys, this week we're going to kind of just carry on from last week. And the reason I say that is because this week we're going to look at the, the fruit of the Spirit, the remainder of the fruit of the Spirit. Um, for unity to be happening in our midst, we, we need to see the fruit of the Spirit being lived out in our midst. They all play a part in unity. And so I want you to turn in your Bibles to Galatians chapter 5. Galatians chapter 5. Now, turn there. If you have a Bible, turn there. Galatians, if you don't know where it is, it's in the New Testament, which means the second half of the Bible. It's right after 2 Corinthians. So if you see Corinthians, you're getting really close. And it goes Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians. Now, for those of you who are into acronyms, just remember General Electric Power Company. Okay? Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians. So that'll help you find things in the Bible. I'll give that to you for free. So, All right, Galatians chapter 5, starting in verse 22, it says, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace. Actually, you know what? Let's read this out loud together. I haven't had you do that in a while. Let's read it out loud from the screen behind me. Okay, ready? But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. All right. So what does that verse even mean? I know many of us have heard this verse most of our lives, but we really haven't understood it fully. Well, if I can, as quickly as I can, I want to be able to give us a flyover that may help us grab better hold of what this verse is saying. Um, As you know, we've talked about this in the past. As you know, when we put our trust in Jesus and we believe in him and we begin to follow him, we've talked about how we are made alive spiritually. We were spiritually dead, but God makes us spiritually alive. Now, what that means is that God pours out his spirit into us. His his spirit makes us spiritually alive because his spirit literally dwells in us. Okay? Does that make sense? Everybody with me so far? Okay? Now, his spirit, because he is in us, he goes with us everywhere we go. The spirit of God and us are one. Now, because the Spirit of God is in us, God can show us how to live. 
his power is in us and it, it gives us to, to the ability to live as Jesus lived. Okay, does that make sense? Everybody follow me so far? All right. Now, often in scripture, we're told to walk with the spirit or to walk according to the spirit, which they both mean the same thing. And what it means is to allow the spirit to direct our lives, okay, to guide us. Walking with the spirit means we allow the spirit of God to direct our everyday life. Now, the more and more that we do that, the more and more, you know, that we allow him to direct our lives, the more and more godly we're going to become in our everyday actions. Because it will be the Holy Spirit directing our actions. And if the Holy Spirit is directing our actions, then our life is going to look like Jesus' life did. And that basically is what this verse is telling us. Okay? Now, I want you to notice something. It says the fruit of the Spirit. And I don't know, it may be just me, but when I hear that, root, that word fruit, I think of fruit. Okay? And I don't think I'm alone in that because if you Google the fruit of the Spirit on the images little tab... This is the kind of pictures that you see, okay? Bunch of fruit, okay? Like love is an apple. Uh, peace is a green apple up there. Uh, patience is a cantaloupe, and faithfulness is a watermelon, and it just lists it out like that. It's just a bunch of little pictures of fruit. But I want you to look at this verse again closely, okay? Notice what it says. It says, the fruit of the Spirit is, and it gives us the list. Now, does it say the fruits of the Spirit or the fruit of the Spirit? That's right. It says the fruit, singular. So you might be saying, well, Luke, what does that even mean? Why are you telling us that? It means that if we walk according to the Spirit, if we walk with the Spirit, if we allow the Spirit to direct our life, this, that list, is the outcome. All these things will be a result of walking with the Spirit. And all these things will happen simultaneously. All these things are one fruit. So really, it should be just a picture of like a cantaloupe with that entire list on the cantaloupe. It's one fruit. If I walk with the Spirit today, it's not like, oh, well, I'm just going to experience the fruit of peace and maybe a little bit of the fruit of love, but not goodness and, and gentleness. I have to walk with the Spirit a different way to get those fruits. No. Not at all. That's not how it works. They all come together in one bunch. The fruit, singular, of the Holy Spirit is the entire package. All of this will happen in your life. Now, here's what's cool about that. I think we sometimes misunderstand things a bit when it comes to improving on this list. For instance, often we will say things like, man, I, I just really need to work on patience. Or we'll say this. Have you ever heard somebody say this to you? You probably have. Where they'll say, oh, man, <laughs> let me warn you, bro. Do not ask God to teach you patience because that's a really dangerous prayer. Anybody ever heard that before? Yeah, we, we all have, okay? Or we'll say things like this. I, I need to learn to be more gentle when dealing with people because I can just be a real jerk. I can be like a bull in a china shop. But do you see what I mean? We say those things all the time. But look at what this verse is saying. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, etc., the whole list. So if the Spirit directs my life, then all these things will result in my life. You see, God doesn't have to teach us patience or teach us kindness. Instead, all we need to do is walk with the Spirit 
and they will naturally result in our life because it's a result of the Holy Spirit. Let me read to you this verse, and I'm going to take out the word fruit because I think the word fruit messes with us because we think of strawberries and bananas and stuff like that. I'm going to take it out, okay? And I'm going to read it to you like this, see if it makes more sense. If you walk with the Spirit, which means you allow Him to direct your life, the result will be a life of love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and faithfulness and gentleness and self-control. So I'm not sure if you're getting this or not, but technically, if that verse is true, then I don't need to work at being loving. I don't need to work at being kind or good or gentle or self-controlled. What do I need to do? I need to walk with the Spirit. So what I really need to do, what I need to really learn how to do, what I need to focus on is walking with the Spirit. And why does walking with the Spirit produce those types of things in my life? Very simple, because the Spirit is loving. The Spirit is joyful. The Spirit is full of peace. He's he's patient. He's kind. He's good. He's faithful. He's gentle. He's self-controlled. And if the Spirit is all those things, and I allow the Spirit to direct me, and I do what He tells me to do, then all those things are going to play out in my life naturally. Well, actually, supernaturally, because it's going to be the Spirit doing it. Does that make sense? Okay. So there you go, guys. I mean, it's just that simple. You want those things in your life? Then walk with the Spirit. It's that simple. Except if you're like me, it's not that simple. And you are like me, so it's not simple for you. So why isn't it simple for any of us? Here's why. We are so used to living how we want to live, doing what we want to do, saying what we want to say, getting what we want when we want it. Life has always been about me, 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 me. But as you know, when we put our trust in Jesus and we believe in him, we are agreeing to the fact that Jesus is right about everything. He's right about everything. And that when he tells us to do something, then it must be the right way to do it. It's the right way to live. So what does Jesus tell us to do? Well, he tells us many things, but let me show you something in Luke chapter 9. He says this, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. Now, if we believe in Jesus and we want to follow him, then Jesus says this, well, then you must deny yourself. And at that point, we go, whoa, whoa, Jesus, settle down. Uh, No, I have my whole life, I have just done what I want to do. And Jesus will say, well, not anymore. If you want to follow me, you're going to have to deny what you want to do. You don't get to do what you want anymore. You need to do what I want you to do. This is what it's going to require for you to follow me. And then Jesus used a very real analogy to the people of that day, the analogy of the cross. He said, if you want to follow me, you need to take up your cross, how many times? Daily. Okay? Now, what did he mean by that? Well, a lot of people think, well, he was somehow referencing his crucifixion, but I don't think he was. He was actually simply using a very visual analogy that was very real to the people of that time. Crucifixion. 
Crucifixion was the, would be the way that they would execute criminals. And it was a very public demonstration of, of, of execution. And I, I read somewhere, I don't, um, I don't remember where it was, but, and I'm not even sure the, if it's completely right because it seems staggering. But what I read is that in the entire Roman Empire, um, they said that it would be highly possible that there could be up to 10,000 crucifixions a day. Now, so what that means is that in the entire empire, somewhere, in some location, there might have been a crucifixion happening. And so what, what I'm saying, it was a very common thing. People saw it happening a lot. It would be as common as seen as our I-94 getting backed up. So Jesus used in this analogy, it made sense to the people. And what does Jesus say? He says, you need to take up your cross and you need to follow me. Now, what did he mean by that? Well, in that day, when somebody was being crucified, what they'd do is they'd be condemned, their crime would be given to them, and they would be condemned to die. Then they would be forced to carry their cross to the place of their crucifixion. So they would be carrying this cross all the way to the place where they were going to be put to death. Now, let me ask you a question. What do you think was running through their mind? Do you think the guy carrying the cross is going... Sweet daddy, I got a pizza party on Tuesday, I got bowling on Wednesday, and darts on Thursday. Cannot wait. Do you think he was saying that? No, what was he thinking? My life is over. Life as I know it is over. I'm going to die. And Jesus says, you want to follow me? You got to take up your cross. How many times? Daily. And follow me. Jesus is simply saying, listen, you don't get your way anymore. Your way is being crucified. Your way is being put to death. Your flesh no longer gets what it wants. You have to do what the Spirit wants. Now, remember what I said, how this walking with the Spirit isn't as simple as it appears? Remember that? This is exactly why. Because according to Jesus, on a daily basis, I am having to nail my way to the cross. I'm having to nail what I want to do to the cross and then choose to follow Jesus or walk according to the Spirit. My way, or my flesh as you could put it, is having to be nailed to that cross every single day. And I don't know about you, but when my flesh gets told it doesn't get its way, it screams bloody murder. It doesn't like it. It's like doing a diet. Last May, I decided to try to do this keto diet. And in the keto diet, you're not allowed to have carbs. I don't know what carbs are, but they must be in everything delicious because you can't have anything good. And uh, so I started doing this, and the very first few days, it was brutal because the keto diet would say, nope, can't have that, nope, can't have that, nope, can't have that. And I remember walking through the pick and save, and I came, you know that little tunnel where the meat is, and I came around the corner, and there's all the hostess. Uh, you know, little dessert cakes and stuff. And I'm a big Twinkie guy. I love Twinkies. I grew up on Twinkies. And, uh, but the last few years, I haven't had Twinkies because I know they're not good for you. So I just don't, don't eat them. I can walk right past those Twinkies because I know, technically, I can have a Twinkie if I want it. But I just choose not to. Well, that day, Keto was saying, I walk by the Twinkies. And I'm like, no, nope, full of carbs. You can't have Twinkies. And I'm like, nobody tells me I can't have Twinkies. <laughs> ticks me off. Nobody tells me that. Every night around 10 o'clock, I like to put a couple pieces of toast, sometimes four pieces of toast, 
in a toaster and I'll lather with butter, put peanut butter and jelly and I love it. It's a delicious way to go to bed. <laughs> the keto diet, sorry Luke, you can't have your pieces of toast, no carbs. And I'm like, nobody tells me I can't have my pieces of toast. It ticked me off. That's how it is. Our flesh hates to be told no. I, I read the story of this hotel that was literally right on the ocean. And all these balconies were right over the ocean. And the, the, you know, the manager, the, the owner of the hotel was concerned that people would fish off their balconies. So they put all these little placards on each one of the balconies saying, you're not allowed to fish from the balcony. Well, guess what everybody started doing? They were fishing off the balcony. People were getting tangled and it was just a mess. And so they brought in this consultant to say, how, what do we do? I mean, how do we stop this? People are just doing it. And they said, here's a suggestion. Guess what it was? Take down the signs. They took down the signs. Nobody fished from the balcony. Isn't that crazy? We see a sign that says, nope, you're not allowed to do this. Forget that. I'm fishing off the balcony. Nobody tells me that. That's what our flesh does. And Jesus is saying, listen, you, you don't get your way anymore. Now, why? Why would Jesus tell us we don't get to do what we want anymore? Why is he being such a jerk? Why is he being so mean? Well, he's actually not being mean. The problem is, is that the things that we want don't line up with the things God wants. So Jesus has to retrain us. He has to fix our wanter, okay? Because our wanter is pretty screwed up. Jesus has to train us by way of the Holy Spirit how to want what he wants. And that takes work. Because most of us, having lived in this world apart from Christ, our wanter is bent way over here. And the Spirit of God has to train our wanter to be way over here. Okay? And that is why we must walk with the Spirit because he is going to do that work in our life of bringing our wanter over to this direction. And we allow him to do that by walking with him, walking according to the spirit, allowing him to direct our lives, okay? But then the question then is, well, how? How do we do this practically in everyday life? Because, I mean, it's great to have it theoretically and spiritually, you know, those little doctrines, whatever, but how do we do this in everyday life? Well, I'm going to give you a very simple process to do this, except it's not that simple, okay? And for those of you who have taken phase three class, you've probably heard this before, but we're going to repeat it because it's a very important process to do. And I'm just going to say at the onset, this is a process that I'm still a novice at. I, I need to learn how to apply this in every avenue of my life, and I'm just not, but I should, okay? So I'm just going to say that in the beginning. Here's the process. Guess what number one would be? What is the very first step that we need to do? Pray, <laughs> Pray yeah. Well, we, it's true. But there's a step before that we just have to acknowledge. It is change right. Here it is. Very first thing we need to do is we need to learn that, you know what? I have to deny myself. You got to get that out of the way, okay? You must deny yourself. Jesus said that. You don't get to do what you want anymore, you must deny yourself. And you know what? This is where most of us fall off the wagon, okay? Because we so often like, who cares? I'm doing what I want to. And we blow off the spirit and we grieve them and we fail at living holy lives. We just throw it away. 
Guys, the absolutely crucial beginning to this process is that we must deny ourselves, okay? So what's step number one? Deny yourself. Now, I'm going to use my hand for this because I think it's important to have something physical to remember. Step number one is what? Deny Deny yourself. What do you think step number two would be? Here it is. Come to him. Somebody said pray. It's the same thing. We're going to come to him. Now, I know you're probably like, Luke, of course, it's obvious. Of course we come to him. But let me ask you something. How often do we? How often, when in the midst of a situation where there's a lot of tension, a lot of emotion, do we stop and say, you know what? I'm going to go to Jesus about this. I'm going I'm to listen. I'm going to ask the Holy Spirit. I'm going to talk to the Holy Spirit about this. We don't. We just don't. We just run off and do our thing. The number two thing we need to do is we need to come to him. Okay, so what's step number one? What's step number two? Come to him. Now, what do you think number three is? Listen to him. Now, once again, you're like, well, Luke, that's obvious. Of course, we're going to listen to him. But once again, how often do we do that in the heat of the moment? You know, if we do make it that far and we do come to him, what we often do is pray this little quick prayer. We just do all the talk, and then we run off and do what we want anyways. We're like, God, this has happened. This guy's a jerk over here, so I'm whoosh, and we do this. We run off. No, we don't listen to him hardly at all. We just talk to him and then do our thing. Guys, we need to learn to listen to the Holy Spirit, to what he has to say. Okay, what's step number one? Step number two? Number three? Listen to him. So what do you think the the fourth one is? Yep, do what he says. Obey him. Once again, seems very obvious, but how many times has Jesus told us to do something and we just ignore him and do what we want anyways? No. Do what he tells you to do. Now, let me give you a fair warning. What he tells you to do is not going to line up with what your wanter wants. Just going to warn you right off stop. They will be vastly different. But I promise you, If you obey what Jesus tells you to do, you will enjoy step number five, which step number five five is enjoy the fruit of the Holy Spirit. Guys, if you deny yourself and you come to Jesus and you listen to him and then you obey what he tells you to do, you will enjoy the outcome of the Spirit in your life at that very moment. You will find yourself experiencing peace. You will be loving to that person. You will be kind. You'll be gentle. You'll be showing self-control, the whole list. And why? Because you're doing what Jesus wants you to do, and the Spirit is directing you. And bit by bit, as you do this more and more over your life, your wanter is going to be lined up more and more with what God wants. And when that happens, it's a beautiful thing because you will get what you want because you want what God wants. Amen? Amen. That makes sense? All right, let's just for fun do this as a, as a visual, because I think sometimes we, we don't get it visually. So Shadow, if you could come on up here. I'm going to ask for a volunteer by just telling him. But let's have Shadow be our Holy Spirit this morning. Okay, he is a Holy Spirit, big shoes to, to, to fill this morning. But he's going to be our Holy Spirit. And how often is the Holy Spirit with me? All the time. Okay, so I need to be aware that the Holy Spirit is always at my side. I can talk to him. I need to bring him with me and be aware of that. Okay, so here's the scenario. Let's say that we're at Home Depot and we're getting ready to park our car into a parking spot. 
And somebody has got their reverse lights. And so we're, we've got our little blinker. Ching, 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 ching. And he's backing up. We're waiting for him patiently to come out. And, you know, he's going to pull out and we're going to pull in. Well, right when he pulls out, another car goes and pulls in our spot. Gets out of car, goes, learn how to drive, moron, and flips us off and walks into the store. Okay, so that's the scenario. Okay? So I'm sitting over here. What's step number one? What do you think my wanter wants right now? I want to run him over before he gets to the store. Because that little jerk took my spot and I was waiting for it. And it's mine. And so I'm sitting there going, I want to run him over. That's what my wanter wants. So step number one is deny myself. I don't get to do what I want to do. What's step number two? Okay. So I come to the Holy Spirit and I say, you were here. You saw this. Okay. <laughs> that guy took my spot and, and, and it just ticks me off. I want to run him over. What's step number three? Okay. I say to him and I listen to him. Holy Spirit, what do I do? Don't do it. Don't run over. <laughs> what should I do in this situation? So you're telling me to bless him? Okay. So the Holy Spirit tells him I need to bless him. Tells me I need to pray for him. So my wanter is over here. The Holy Spirit is saying I need to bless him. I need to pray for him. It's like, ah. but I decide to do it. And I say, Lord, I just ask that you'd bless that guy. He, he needs your blessing today. And I don't know what's going on in his life. He's probably got a lot of things going on that I don't understand, but you do. And so just pour out your presence on him. May he experience you today, and may he one day come to know you. May he feel your love. And I bless him. Now, what do you think I'm going to experience at that point? There's going to be a peace. Now, was I being loving to that guy? Yeah. Was I being kind? Was I being gentle? Was I showing goodness? You better believe it. Why? Because I was listening to the Holy Spirit. I was doing what he told me to do. Now, let me ask you a question. What if I would have run him over? <laughs> would I have been experiencing peace and gentleness and joy and love and all that stuff? <clears throat> Not at all. It would have been chaos. It would be even more of a mess. But I chose not to because my wanter is screwed up. What he wants is what I want to follow. Give it up for our Holy Spirit. I recently experienced that in real life, not the parking thing, but I was, I was with my wife. It was one night, and I did something that really ticked her off. And uh, so she, she was hurt, and she came at me, and we were arguing back and forth, and, and she said something that really ticked me off, and I was going to blast her. I mean, I had a good thing lined up. And I don't know why, because I'm not very good at this. I'm still learning, but I don't know why. The Spirit of God says, Luke, you, do, you don't get to do what you want. And I'm like... Okay. Um, well, you know the situation. Holy Spirit, what do you want me to do? And I f felt the Holy Spirit say, Luke, just tell her you're sorry. And reach out and grab her hand. And I'm like, <laughs> that is not what I want to do, Holy Spirit. But I listened to him. And I said, all right. I said, Shauna, I just want to say, I'm sorry. I blew it. Please forgive me. And I grabbed her hand. Instantly, she's like, honey, I, I'm sorry too. I'm sorry I got mad at you and I'm, it's okay. Instantly there was love. Instantly there was peace. Instantly there was joy in the situation. 
And I was good to her. I was loving to her. Why? Because I listened to the Holy Spirit. Now, if I would have said what I wanted to say, I would have heaped insult. I would have heaped death. I would have poured hurt on her. Well, then she would want to respond to that, and it would just create more and more darkness in my marriage. But the Spirit of God knew the exact thing to do. And by obeying the Spirit of God, you get to experience the fruit of the Spirit in your life at that moment. Amen? That's what we're called to do. Now, let me ask you a question. What in the world does this have to do with unity? Let's look at the list. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Let me ask you something. If we as a church were loving one another and we were full of joy no matter what the circumstance, full of peace no matter what the circumstance, if we were patient with each other, kind to one another, good to one another, faithful to one another, gentle with one another, showing self-control with one another. Let me ask you, do you think we'd be experiencing unity in our midst? You better believe it. You better believe it. That list in our lives would produce incredible unity. So third service, I want to say this. Fight to become a person who walks with the Spirit of God. Amen? Here's your homework this week. And please, more than three people, do your homework. Do your homework. I want you to memorize the five steps. You got it pretty down. Let's go over. What's step number one? Deny yourself. Number two? Come to him. Number three? Listen to him. Number four? Obey him. Do what he says. Number five? Enjoy the fruit of the Spirit. Okay, it got a little weaker as we went along, but you guys memorize those five things. Okay? Then I want you to practice this process at least three times. You can do it all day long, but at least three times I want you to practice. Okay? Say, nope, I don't get to do what I want to do anymore. Um, Holy Spirit, here's the situation. What do you want me to do here? Then do what he tells you to do and enjoy the fruit of the Spirit. Okay? Now, you can do that all, you know, as many times as you want because we're supposed to be doing this daily, moment by moment. But I want you to at least, if you can do it three times, at least choose a time when it's an emotional situation where there's a lot of tension, where there's like, oh, man, my wanter wants to do this. Okay? Practice it in that situation because that's where it's going to be key. Then, when you can, maybe at the end of the day, I want you to journal the experience. I want you to write down what your wanter wanted in that situation, okay? Then write down how you felt after you obeyed what Jesus told you to do, what the Spirit of God told you to do. Then write down how the situation played out in the end. Lastly, try to imagine how the situation would have played out if you would have done what you wanted. Okay, then compare the two. Does that make sense? All right, if you have your camera or your phones, you can take out, take a picture of that. Otherwise, we will be emailing it to you and putting it on Facebook for you to have. All right, let me pray for you. Heavenly Father, I just want to thank you that you have given us your spirit to live within us, that you are with us every single day, every moment. And God, I just want to confess, not only for myself, but on behalf of everyone here today, we are so sorry that we don't pay attention to you more. Sorry that we blow you off so much of our day. Holy Spirit, I pray that we might become a group of people who are aware of your presence every single moment of every single day. May we deny ourselves, come to you, listen to you, and obey you so that we might see the fruit of your spirit within us lived out amongst us and the world could step back and say, that church family is living a supernatural life. And you will get all the honor and all the glory. I pray that you would work that in our midst by your grace. In Jesus' name, amen.
Guys, love you so stinking much. Have an amazing week. We'll see you next Sunday.